Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. But then this past Sunday, uh, we talked about the altar of incense, which Pastor Bobby talked about being a picture of prayer. So I want us to take a look. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me to the second book found in Scripture in Exodus chapter 30, verse 7 through 8. I'm reading out of the NLT uh, this evening. Uh, Exodus chapter 30, verse 7 through through 8. And you can follow along on your phone with your Bible. Anybody bring their physical Bibles with them? Come on. Or you can even follow along um, online. You can follow along if you're online on the screen or right there on the projectors. But we're going to go ahead and get started. It says this. It's only two verses. It says, every morning when Aaron maintains the lamps, he must what? Burn fragrant incense on the altar. And each evening when he lights the lamps, he must what? Again, burn incense in the Lord's presence. This must be done from when? Generation to generation. That was so good. We're going to read it again. Every morning when Aaron maintains the lamps, he must burn fragrance incense on the altar. And each evening when he lights the lamps, he must burn it again in the presence of God. This must be done from generation to generation. So real quick, this place, the temple, the tabernacle, this is where God would meet with his people. This was where God's presence would reside. This is where humanity would connect with divinity. And as they went into there, there were certain things that had to take place for the people of God to continue to meet with God the way that they did. And one of the requirements was this, to keep the lamps lit and to keep the fragrance burning. And this had to be done constantly. And like Pastor Bobby said, the altar of incense, that was a picture of prayer in our relationship with God. And who's thankful that now, since the veil has been torn in two, that now we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are carriers of the presence of God. But can I tell you something real quick? That also comes with some responsibilities. Because that also means that we have to keep the fire in our spirit, the fire in our soul. We have to keep the fire burning. And what I've seen the enemy try to do time and time again, he's trying to put the fire out. Or Christians, they feel burn out. And tonight, what I felt led to share with you is this, how to beat burnout. Or in short, beating burnout. Turn to the person next to you and say, beating burnout. Beating burnout. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you for what you're doing. God, I just get myself out of the way. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do what only you can do. God, only you can restore. Only you, God, can make a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus, we pray that you would be lifted up and glorified. God, we can't do this without you, God. Speak to your people. Encourage. Set free. Deliver. Have your way. In Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, can somebody say amen? Come on, can you say amen? Come on, one more time. Can you go ahead and give God an ovation of praise and worship like he deserves it? Awesome. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing in honor of reading of God's word. I want to preface this message um, with this statement, and it is this, that burnout, experiencing burnout, it is a real thing. 
that being burnt out is a real thing. And unfortunately, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I've seen take out churchgoers and followers of Jesus more than just about anything else. You know, recently I had a conversation with someone that I've known for a long time, a friend of mine who moved and, and, and I was able to catch up with him and converse with him. And I asked him how he was doing and what he's been up to. And I even asked him, hey, have you been going to church anywhere? And he responded back by saying, no, I haven't been going to church anywhere, to be honest. And I asked him why, and he told me that it's because he felt burnt out. And whenever he said that, it it just struck me, and it it stuck with me to hear this person say that they were burned out when it came to coming to church and when it came to the things of God. Because this individual grew up in church, they served in church, and they— wouldn't even be considered quote-unquote old, but yet they said they felt burned out. Because this is what I've learned. Being burned out and experiencing burnout really isn't a product of how long you have been doing something as much as it is how you have been doing something. Because the reality is every single one of us, we are prone and we are susceptible to experiencing burnout in our lives. Now, if you don't know what it means to be burnout or what the definition for burnout is, I want to give you a working definition if you need to be reminded. Burnout, we have a definition for you on the screen. It says this, it is a state of emotional, physical, social, and spiritual exhaustion. Burnout is commonly described as an exhausted state in which a person loses interest in a particular activity and even in life in general. And what I want to do this Wednesday evening real quick is I want to give you some signs and characteristics of burnout. Because I believe that we're not going to be able to defeat what we first don't define and identify. So here's some clues. Here's some signs that you may be experiencing burnout. We're just going to go over a few of them for the sake of time. But you could be experiencing burnout if you have a lack of motivation. Where things that used to excite you don't excite you anymore. Or maybe chronic exhaustion where, where you can sleep, you can take a nap, but you wake up not even feeling rest, rested. Or maybe you have frustration over things that you could fix. Or you have broken focus and, and, and wavering concentration. Or you're just having unnecessary spoken and unspoken conflict with person after person. Somebody doesn't even have to do anything, but you just have so much aggravation where you butt heads with other people. Or maybe you're slipping or struggling in areas that you used to be strong in. These are signs of burnout in our lives. And here's the thing. Even the best of us at times can experience burnout. You know, as I was studying, getting ready, I actually came across this study that happened recently with, with Olympic athletes, and, and they discovered that there's this phenomenon by the name of Olympic burnout. And what this is is that due to the pressure and the stress and, and due to their overtraining, athletes would begin to experience severe exhaustion to the point that they would even throw in the towel and quit the sports that they were a part of. They could even win a gold medal, but afterwards, if they don't keep their motivation 
And if they don't keep the fire going, that they could actually be burnt out and not qualify for the next challenge and the next competition. This actually happened recently with the last Olympics that took place in Tokyo because COVID caused the Olympics to be delayed. And what had happened was because the Olympics were delayed, it caused, it caused them, the, the, the athletes and the, and the people that were preparing to, to race and swim and do all these different things, to have uncertainty, and they weren't able to set clear or see clear goals, and they had anxiety. Training was longer. They began to overtrain, and they began to experience burnout. These Olympic athletes, athletically, they began to experience burnout, and it had me thinking, when you begin to read the New Testament, there are actually times, y'all, where the Apostle Paul begins to describe his spiritual life and our spiritual life like that as an athlete. Now, follow me because we're going somewhere. I want to read this to y'all found in 1 Corinthians, or, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 through 27. The Apostle Paul, he says this. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it. Somebody say, I do it. We do it for an eternal prize, so I run with purpose in every step. Somebody say, every step. I am not just shadow boxing. In other words, he's not exerting his energy on things that really don't matter or weren't his time. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Why do I share that verse with you this Wednesday evening? Because I just want to simply remind somebody that all your sacrifice and all your training and all your discipline is not in vain as a disciple and follower of Jesus, that God has a prize prepared for each and every one of us. The question is, are you still in the race? And can I tell somebody something? God has grace for your race. God has grace for your race, your race. I didn't say for the person next to you's race. No, God has grace for your race. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in good doing. Keep the fire and passion in its place. I love what the Apostle Paul said at the end of his life in the book of 2 Timothy. Before he is ever beheaded, he says this, and he writes these words. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith, and now a crown awaits for me in heaven, but not only for me, but guess what? He says, for all those who are awaiting the return of Jesus, who's thankful that we serve a God that has rewards and things available, and he wants to gift you with things and blessings, not only here on earth, but also in heaven and in eternity. The question is, are you in the race? Do you have that passion? Do you have the fire? Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, keep the fire. Going back to the altar of incense real quick. So within the tabernacle, they had to keep the lamps lit, lit and the incense burning constantly. And this wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. And in the same way, like we stated earlier, we have to keep the fire going within ourselves. How do we do that? Prayer worship, devotion, and our daily walk with God. And here's the thing. God is the one who initiates the fire. 
like Pastor Bobby talked about. Man, this past Sunday was such a great message. They would actually take the coals from the brazen altar, right? And guess what? The scripture says that God would cause that initial fire, and they would take those coals, and they would take them to the altar of incense. But then it was Aaron and the priest, his sons, their responsibility to keep the fire going. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit, but we are also a royal priesthood. In other words, God is the one that initiates the fire within us. But can I tell you something? It is your responsibility to keep the fire going. Not mine, not the person. It is your responsibility to keep the fire going. Because can I tell you something real quick? It is not God's will for us as Christians to be like firecrackers, y'all. We, where we are shortly on fire for God, and then we crash and burn. Where we have short bursts of, you know, being on fire for God for a week, but then all of a sudden just falling off and going the complete other direction. No, 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 that is not God's will. You know what God's will is? That we would be strong and steadfast in our faith, and that we would have unwavering, we'd be unwavering in our passion for God. I like to say it like this, y'all, that long-term consistency will always beat short-term intensity. I'm going to say that again because that was so good. That long-term consistency will always beat short-term intensity. In other words, I would much rather be the tortoise than the hare in the race, right? You can say whatever you want, but I'll tell you one thing about this church. This church has been steady. We have been tested, but we are solid. We are moving. We have our eyes on Jesus, and we're going to keep moving forward. Can I hear an amen, somebody? We can't allow burnout or exhaustion to to take out our fire. You know, I've been studying, and I actually, whenever I was looking into the Olympics and athletes and the races and everything, I discovered that before, get this, before the Olympics can even take place, guess what? One thing has to happen before the Olympics happen. And this is what they do. And you've probably seen it before, but they actually get a torch They light it on fire, and they carry it, get this, from Greece, and they take it all around the world. They pass it from person to person until it gets to the destination, which is where the Olympics are being held that year. Then what they will do is they'll light a cauldron, a big metal thing, on fire, and that fire has to stay lit throughout the duration of the Olympics. And if you want to find some funny videos on YouTube later tonight, look up people protesting, trying to take out the Olympic flame. This is a real thing. It's been happening recently. There are people, y'all, that are so upset and aggravated by the Olympics. Here's why. I don't want to get into all the details and everything. But because of the government spending so much money, their nation spending so much money, and how it affects them afterwards and everything, after all the events and things happen, that people are trying to put this flame out while people are running. And they take it on boats. They put it in vehicles. They put it in trains. They put it in planes. And there are people processing. In fact, let me just show you real quick. These are the best quality pictures I can find, by the way. I want to show you this real quick. This is in Rio de Janeiro, I believe, for these next three pictures. This right here is a person, poor person, running with the flame. And then a protester comes out with a fire extinguisher and tries to take it out. Okay, if that, this next one, oh, my gosh. Like, it's okay to laugh in church, by the way, okay, guys? Just letting you know. Here, check out this one. Y'all, that's a water gun. 
I don't know whose grandpa or grandma or whoever that is, but he has a water gun trying to take out the Olympic flame. Let me show you this next one real quick. Now this person, (laughs) that would be me if I was in the Olympic race. Now this person, there is no rope, there is no other person. This person, I guess, is just so clumsy that they just, I don't care who you are. That is so funny. I laughed at that for like a full minute whenever I saw it. Like that's so sad on that last picture. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Go go ahead and take it off. Take it off. (laughs) But I guess, you know, why I share that and why I say that and as I begin to think on that, I begin to think to myself, I wonder how many Christians there are out in the world who once had a fire for God and ran the race, but at one point in their lives, maybe the enemy came in and try to take out their flame or due to their own vices and their own decisions, the flame was put out. And rather than them taking the flame, the fire, the passion, the prayers, and everything that God had initiated in them and passing them to somebody else, passing it to their children, passing it to their grandchildren, passing it to their coworkers, passing it to their family, starting a fire, starting a relay, it stopped and it burnt out with them. See, because you need to remember what it said, right? God said he and he gave instruction for the altar of incense, and he said that when it came to the lights being lit, lit, and when it came to the altar of incense, it had to be done from what? Generation to generation. Can I give a parent a reminder? Can I give an encouragement to somebody this Wednesday evening that the greatest legacy that you can ever leave behind for your family, the greatest legacy that you can ever leave behind for your children is a legacy of prayer. It is a legacy of faith. It is a legacy of being on fire for God. Dad, I just want to take this moment right now to say thank you. Not only to you, but to mom, because y'all, there have been times, y'all, whenever I was little and younger, where my dad, before he went to the church to go pray in the morning or in the evening, and I won't forget being in middle in elementary school, and you would come into my room and say, hey, son, I want to take you somewhere. You know, we'll go get ice cream or something afterward, but I want to go take you. We're going to go pray at the church for a little bit. And he would take me, and, and, and we would go to the church, and there would be nobody else there. He had a key for the church, and... We would walk around the sanctuary, and he would hold my hand, y'all, and we would just pray and walk around the whole sanctuary. And I won't forget, he looked down at me, and, and he said, son, this is what men do. This is what men of God do. We put God first. We pray. We seek his faith. You know what he's doing? He was cultivating the fire in the family and me. And guess what? I'm carrying that same fire today. Oh, come on, Riverside Church. Can I tell you something? Riverside Church, please, let us be the church that doesn't keep the fire just here. Let's be the church that takes the fire home that shares the fire to our children, that takes the fire to work, that takes the fire to school, that wherever we go, we are fire starters. Come on, is anybody ready to be a fire starter? Is anybody ready to do things for God? Come on. Thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. 
how are we going to win this next generation? Because I don't know about you, but I, I'm tired of seeing children turn their backs from God and turn their backs from church. I don't know if you've seen the statistics and church attendance decline, especially in this next generation. And those children, I, oh my goodness, we got to thank God that we have a room that is full of young people right now. Hearing the word of God preach to them, being in the right place. You know what you did when you brought your child to church today? You were kindling, help kindling the flame on the inside of them. Come on, somebody say keep the fire. You have a fire in you. But here's what I want to share with you. Is this making sense to anybody this Wednesday even? I hope so. Don't be surprised, though, because you carry a fire. You carry life. Don't be surprised when the enemy begins to try to take the fire out. Don't begin to be surprised whenever you begin to feel and experience burnout in your life because the enemy will try to do whatever he can to take the fire out. What I want to do this Wednesday evening is this. I want to give you four quick points that I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me, four points, four things that can cause burnout in our lives if we're not careful. And we're going to go over these real quick. All of that was my introduction, y'all. <laughs> but I'm not only going to bring problems. I want to help bring solutions in Scripture as well. The first thing I believe that causes burnout in many people's lives is this. You ready? Busyness. Busyness. Somebody say busyness. Come on. Have you ever asked somebody, how have you been doing? Like, how's your day? And like, whatever. The number one response I hear from people nowadays Whew, busy. I've just, like, it's, it's almost like something that, I mean, I've said it before, okay? Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like you're trying to brag, like, okay, like, I'm doing a lot of stuff right now. You know what I mean? Like, no big deal. But don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being productive. But if we're not careful, y'all, we can have a busyness mindset where you're going and going, taking care of things that seem urgent, listen in, but in the process, not making time for what's most important. I'm reminded of Mary and Martha in the Bible, right? You know the story of Mary and Martha, right? They have Jesus over to their home, right? And Mary, right, she's spending time with Jesus, talking with Jesus. But then Martha, on the other hand, the house is messy, dirty. I don't know what she's doing, the dishes or whatever. And she's just busy, 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 you know, doing all these things. And she gets upset at Mary for spending time with Jesus while she is working. And then Jesus puts his foot down and says, Martha, Mary is doing what's more important. What is that? Spending time with me. Here's the principle. You have to learn how to make time for God. You have to. We're, none of us are too busy where we can't make time for God. Because get this, if we don't make time for God, guess what? You won't have time for God. You have to make time for God. See, because what the devil can do, he is, is, is I heard it said before like this, that if the devil can't make you bad, He'll just try to make you busy where you feel like you don't have time for prayer, church, and family, and things that are most important. See, some of us are so overwhelmed, and we feel so swamped with everything that we have to do that we don't take the time to rest in his presence. And if we're not careful, we're going to burn ourselves 
out. What's the solution then? I love this scripture that Jesus, this is the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This is for anybody that feels overwhelmed and you feel like you don't have no more strength and you feel exhausted and you have no energy and you barely made it tonight. Jesus said this. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I, I, I love what the message translation says. If the message translation says, he says, come to me, all those who are burnt out on religion. Question, have you been so busy? Have you had so much going on? Great, you got some goals, you got a career, you got family. I know we feel like we don't have enough time for a lot of other things, but can I tell you something? We can all make time for Jesus. We can make time for him. We got to pray. We talk with him. See, I'm not saying that you have to spend a whole hour in prayer every single day, y'all. We got to keep the fire going. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians to pray without what? Ceasing. I love what Smith, Smith Wigglesworth said. This isn't in my notes. But, but Smith Wigglesworth, he said this. He said, I don't pray for more than five minutes, but I don't go more than five minutes without praying. So that means... That by keeping the fire, we can keep the fire alive wherever we go when we're in constant awareness of what God is doing in our lives and who he is. Can I encourage somebody that feels burnout and you feel overwhelmed and you're carrying burdens, maybe even watching online right now, bring it to Jesus, lay it at his feet, receive his yoke. It is light. It doesn't matter. Bring it to him. Somebody say bring it to him. The second thing I want to share with you about that can cause burnout is this, unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. Somebody say unmet expectations. This is when we have or you have an expectation, but it, you have an expectation, but it doesn't line up with your experience. Maybe for some of you, you thought you'd be further in your walk with God than where you are right now. Or you had an expectation that God would come through in a certain way, but it didn't seem like he did. And I've seen this happen before where people have expectations, but then they have this experience and they don't line up. And what begins to happen is those people begin to lower their standards and even walk away from what God has for them due to their disappointment. I think of Mary and Martha again. What was it? Their brother Lazarus was dead. They sent someone to tell Jesus, hey, your friend, Lazarus, he's dying. What does Jesus do? He waits four days to go where Lazarus is. They had an expectation that Jesus would heal them, but their experience didn't line up with their expectation. And Jesus walks into the situation because what Jesus was going to do was he was going to use that as an opportunity to display who he is as the resurrection and the life for, for, for God to be glorified. So they wanted a healing. Jesus wanted a resurrection. And he, what did he say? Lazarus, come forth. Isn't it funny how so many times in our walk in a relationship with God, right, we have this expectation 
but it doesn't line up with our experience, and we throw in the towel and walk away. But could it be possible that the reason that God did not meet your expectation is because he wants to exceed your expectations? Oh, come on, somebody. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, or imagine according to the power. Somebody say power. That is at work within us. Don't grow weary in good doing. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep moving forward. Keep the fire alive. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says it like this. I love this. Let us not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Somebody say right time. I love how it's, I love how it's at the right time because you do know that your God is never late. And your God is never early. Your God is always right on time. We will what? Reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give. Can we go ahead and thank God for that scripture real quick? Thank you, God. Somebody say unmet expectations. The next thing I want to give you is this. We got two more. Rivalry. Somebody say rivalry. And forgive me if I mispronounce this word. It's hard to say this word. I get it mixed up sometimes. Rivalry, rivalry. You say that five times fast, y'all. But, but I've learned that this can be one of two things. Either rivalry can be caused because of hurt, pain, or betrayal from other people. Or rival, rivalry can, can be stemmed from, from comparing yourself to others. And can I tell somebody something? Either one of these, if we're not careful, we don't guard our hearts, it will lead to burnout. Let me speak on the first one real quick. Let me tell somebody that offenses and misunderstandings, they're inevitable. Hurt and offenses are, are inevitable, right? Even within church. Because let me tell you something real quick. There is no perfect church because there are no perfect people. Please, if you find a perfect church, please, please, please don't join it because you're going to join it and ruin it. But please listen to me. When you're around community, you're prone to offenses and misunderstanding. I don't know if you've ever experienced hurt within church before from someone that you thought had your back before, but can I encourage somebody that has been hurt by church or hurt by people or hurt by religion, don't let that stop you from coming to the house of God and don't let that bitterness build in your heart because that will lead to burnout. We need one another. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews to not forsake the gathering of the saints. We need community, and this is a place where we, I got a towel right here, Dad. Thank you. I didn't realize I was sweaty. This is a place, y'all, where we don't break each other down, but we build each other up. Thank you. I don't, am I really looking that sweaty right now? I don't know, y'all. It's like my workout. I forgot where I was at. It's all good. I love this because some people will be burned out because somebody hurt them. But notice how the disciples didn't bail on Jesus because of a Judas. Are we going to be like that? 
No, no, no matter what happens, we focus on Jesus. I love this First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, repay them back with a blessing. Get this, this is so good. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Oh, man, that's so good right there. We got to go to the next one. Rivalry, second part, the other end of rivalry, I believe, is this, is that whenever we begin to compare ourselves with one another, it's when we wear ourselves out by trying to compare and compete with everyone around us, even when it comes to the things of God. But remember, like I said, you have grace. Somebody say, I have grace for my race. We don't do things to try to impress other people because guess what? If you try to do things to try to seem great in the eyes of men, that is your reward. Your reason determines your reward. And there's going to be some time, I believe we're going to stand before God one day, and we're gonna, could it be possible that we could do all these great things for God, but we did it out of comparison and competition so that way we can be seen great and we say, God, where is my reward? We have a reward in heaven. But he said, you already received your reward whenever you were down there in the earth. But for those that do everything that they put their hand to as unto God, guess what? You're going to stand before God one day and because you didn't look to the left or right, but you stayed focused, God has something in store for you. Come on, can we go ahead and thank God? I'll throw in a scripture too, okay? Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Somebody say rivalry. That can lead to burnout, can lead to burnout. The last thing I want to give you is this. Worst team, you go ahead and come up. Negligence. Somebody say negligence. Now, negligence can't be blamed on anyone else. Get this except for ourselves. It's, it's when we don't follow through with what we're supposed to do, not because we don't have time, but because we lack the discipline. In other words, it means laziness or carelessness. And I'm not trying to sound too harsh or anything, but I want, we need to be honest with ourselves because how many times have we not the flame or prayed, spent time with God the way we needed to, or even come to church because of Netflix and sleeping in. Come on, let's be honest right now. And what we don't realize is, is that whenever we begin to act ne negligent, we begin to create new habits and our desires and everything begin to change and, 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 and what begins to happen is it can lead to burn. I'm reminded of the disciples, y'all, Whenever they were with, were with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and what happens when Jesus is praying? Right before he goes to the cross, Jesus goes and checks on the disciples, and they're sleeping. Why? Because of their flesh. Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We all have our flesh. We all have our sinful nature. We all have these things that we feel to do. But we can't feed the flesh and, 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 and think that, you know, we can't just feed the flesh, y'all, and not feed the spirit. Because I've heard it said before like this, that what you feed thrives, but what you starve dies. There's going to be times where it's going to have to be, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to go against what you feel. 
You're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to be determined like the Apostle Paul said. You have to be intentional with every single step. But we can't be negligent. Why? Because it can lead to burnout if we're not. I'm not saying not to rest. I'm not saying not to relax. I'm not saying to not go on vacation. There's a time and place for all of those things. But we're disciples. Root word, discipline, focused, determined. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4 says like this, sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. Sluggard's another word for a lazy person, y'all. Slug, you know, slothness, you know, whatever. But like, I, I've said it before like this. He, sa- he says on here, they don't plant nothing, and they go out there, and they, of course they find nothing. If you, don't know, if you don't like what you're reaping, y'all, can I encourage you, change what you're sowing. Change what you're doing. I don't know what it is right now, but I felt so strong that that God wanted me to share this message to encourage someone that has been experiencing burnout or you've been burnt out before. And I don't know which one of these uh, it's been, but come to Jesus. In fact, I want to give you these four real quick because I don't know if you've noticed, if you've taken notes tonight, but we actually spelt out a word, an acronym tonight as we write down each one of these words. Because right here, guess what? It says burn. Somebody say burn. And that's for you to remember in your heart and get down. What are these four things that can lead to burnout? Busyness, unmet expectations, rivalry, negligence. Don't allow any of those things to take out and burn out the fire that God has initiated and started within Do we have any fire starters, any fire keepers in the building this Wednesday evening? Come on, stand to your feet. Come on. Just like those those people on the screen, y'all, let's run the race. Let's keep moving forward. Let's carry the fire. Let's spread it to the other people around us. The enemy may try to come with his fire extinguisher, with his water gun. You may trip and fall and stumble. But my Bible says that though a righteous man fall down, he shall arise again. We keep moving forward. We focus on Jesus till the day we see our maker, our creator face to face. And we hear those words where he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on, does anybody want to finish the race? Does anybody want to keep the faith? Does anybody want to keep pressing forward? Come on, before we leave in this place, can we just begin to raise our hands? Come on, Holy Spirit, I pray right now, God, that you would rekindle the flame in every person, in every believer, right now in Jesus' name. God, right now, I speak against anxiety. We speak against burnout. We speak against depression. We speak against every attack from the enemy, God, that has called that fire to dwindle from other people, Lord Jesus, maybe from busyness from rivalry, Lord Jesus, or unmet expectations or negligence. Right now, not by might or by power, but by your Holy Spirit. Right now, follow fresh. Right now, come on, receive tonight. Receive tonight. Receive tonight. Receive tonight. Receive tonight, even online. Come on, just leave it in the hands of Jesus. Come on, leave it at his feet. You don't have to walk out the same way that you came in. You can walk out passionate, on fire, filled, something fresh from God. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.